0: This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, JOY. Keep JOY on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. JOY, a diverse sound for a diverse community.
1: Taking a look at the issues surrounding the health and wellbeing of our LGBTIQ communities, this is Well, 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 brought to you every week by Thorn Harbour Health.
2: You're listening to Well 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 here on Joy 94.9, brought to you each and every week by Thorn Harbor Health. I'm your host, Cal Hawk, and I'm joining me in the studio is the lovely Jacinta. Jacinta, how are you?
3: I'm good, Cal. I think that this episode is a bit of a I guess a personal journey. So I'm a little bit nervous, but I, I am excited. I
2: think I do feel like we're kind of lacing up the skates and we're going yes. out onto a pond that may have some thin ice. Yes. <laughs> um, and so we'll need to uh, skate carefully. Um, but this week we are talking about LGBTIQ experiences um, in cancer and that of carers. And I guess that's where it becomes relevant for you and I um, yeah. with where we talk about personal experiences as carers. But um, one of the things out there, I guess we've talked about carers on well, well, well before um, um, we had Carers Victoria on, and one of the things that I always find kind of amazing is that Carers between fifteen to thirty percent of LGBTI people are currently in caring roles at any given time, which I think is kind of an amazing stat. That there is like potentially one in three people at yeah. any given time. Yeah. But then immediately reflected actually within our team, because out of the five people in the team, both you and I have had yeah. experiences in the last twelve months. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So I guess with that in mind, for folks out there. Um, You know, it's going to, it's, chances are it's going to get a little heavy at times. Um, And we will link to stuff on the support page or on the Joy show page as well for support. And of course, you can always reach out to Thorne Health as well. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, joy.org.au slash well, well, well. Um, where you can also find that previous episode on Cares if you're interested. But this week on Well Well Well, we're talking to Cancer Council of Victoria, who are no stranger to the show. We've talked to Cancer Council uh, you know, when Thorn Harbor was co-located them. But Sophie's joining us to talk about um Cancer Connect and yeah. I think a subdivision called Care Connect as well and how people can engage with that and you know how um, LGBTIQ communities can get involved there. Before we get into that, though, we've got our skates on. We're ready to get out on the ice, maybe. Um, I guess just into, you know, it was interesting last year. You know, I I was kind of, uh, I I think I shared it on the show before. I left for about, I left about mid-year last year in the midst of Australia being locked down. I got an exemption and actually went overseas to work as a full-time carer for my grandmother who was diagnosed with cancer um, and, you know, uh, was with her until end of life and going through hospice and things like that. And then kind of at the same time, you were also having your own sort of carer journey um, last year.
3: Absolutely. It was a very sudden thing. Um, My partner was diagnosed with thyroid cancer, which just came out of the blue, really. Um, And it actually kind of came up in relation to a reaction to the vaccine for COVID. Oh, right. So, yeah. So, like, enlarged lymph node, which then somehow miraculously led to an ultrasound showing up a nodule on their thyroid so it was a very sudden thing and a very scary thing like for someone who is you know 25 years old going through cancer um, and what we were thrown into as I guess what we are considered as being younger people yeah um, it was full on
2: it was really full on um, and how is your partner I guess first of all
3: yeah, they're good. They're yeah. good. They're doing better. Um, I mean, latest results after treatment is that there's no active cancer, um, Amazing. which Amazing. was such a relief. Um, but obviously, especially with something like thyroid cancer, um, it is known to come back and grow back um, even after a long amount of time. So there'll be constant monitoring and tests and scans and that sort of thing. So it's definitely something that you will uh, continue on as a, as a long term journey. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's really interesting to kind of be thrown into that cancer world. Um, and even when you are in, you know, a better position and you feel like you've come out the other side, it's still ongoing. So, and,
2: yeah. And there's a complexity that comes in the care role. Yeah. Cause like you and I said, you know, and we said before the show, you wake up every morning and it's like, okay, what am I doing today to support their health and well-being. Yeah. I mean, I at least from my experience it was like I had to wake up at a specific time because there was a regimen of maybe 14 different medications yeah. and so it was like these have to be on time um cuz we were juggling uh with alongside the cancer we were dealing with peripheral neuropathy which is sort of affects the nerves and you can go mm-hmm. into a lot of nerve pain and um yeah it's it's you know it's you're like from the word go, yeah. you're in this mindset and you it's know, a lot of
3: responsibility.
2: And yeah. as much as we talk about self-care, you know, all the time, it's very easy mm-hmm. to kind of go, yeah, I'll get to that. I'll yeah. get to that eventually because yeah. that's not urgent. That's not the acute need. Yeah. Yeah. Um
3: Yeah. You put the person first and everything just kind of becomes revolved around the cancer treatment and, you know, medical appointments and just that whole medical side of things, which I mean, your identity and the rest of your life doesn't completely shut down just for that. So, you know, there's a lot of experiences that become intertwined with that medical cancer world, um, as I like to think about it. And it can be yeah, I don't know. I just I just don't really have words for it because it's such a, a life-changing thing for people to go through as the person with cancer, but also for the, everyone around them.
2: Yeah. And it's one of those things that the rest of the world is going through their own stuff. And I think, you know, mm. last year was such a challenging year, especially because at the time that you and I are going through this, of course, everyone's going through like really extended periods of lockdown yeah. that are challenging everybody in this whole different way. Um, and you know, there's stuff happening in other parts of the world and it's kind of like, yeah. And it's almost like you can't even, I remember at one point I was in a zoom call with like a work colleague and they're like, and I, cause I was in the States. Yeah. They're like, oh, you're so lucky not to be here right now. And I'm like, I, and I didn't uh, say anything. Yeah. And I was like, oh, well I did the first four of the five lockdowns or the six. So I get some extent, but yeah, I guess so. In the back of my head, I was just like, wanted to scream and be like, are you kidding me? Mm -hmm. I'm running on like five hour sleeps most nights Mm -hmm. because of... Mm -hmm you know, as a, as a full-time carer, like, yeah. it's just like, you're like, I you have, have no
3: idea. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I, I just like, I was like, I did lock down and yeah, it's tough, yeah. but you know, it's, it's a little different yeah. than when you're, you know, not just caring for yourself, but you're, you know, dealing yeah. with somebody in, in a yeah. very different circumstance.
3: Yeah. And I mean, it just goes to show that you never know what people are going through beyond what is obvious. Um, and I think especially related to people going through, cancer care, basically. Um, and as a carer and as the person with cancer, it can feel really invisible, especially when, you know, you have a queer identity or if you're trans or gender diverse, it just like brings a whole other layer of stuff in the opposite sense where, you know, people who you're encountering in appointments and that sort of thing, like they know what you're going through in terms of the cancer. But the other parts of you might become invisible or at least misunderstood.
2: Yeah, misunderstood or yeah. mishandled. Yeah, and people are kind of going, wait, but what? You know, yeah, and then exactly. and then there is like, yeah. okay, let's put our education hat on for a yeah. moment, and yeah. it's like, yeah, because I don't have enough else to already <laughs> do right now. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, totally. And we're gonna, you know, dive into that. I think further as we talk to some of the specialists uh, this week. But yeah, I think um, that aspect as a carer. I mean, I've heard it, and I did the previous show with Carers Victoria, and I think. You know, and I and I going away for it, I sort of got to mentally prepare. There was very much a transition of I moved out of the house and I went back to where I grew up in, mm. in the States. And um, there was a lot of signposts to sort of get me in that position. And then um, afterwards, I actually found that when my grandmother passed away, um, yeah. that it was kind of like this rudderlessness afterwards because I was sort of like, right, I wake up and. Now I've gone back to just caring for me again, and it mm. you know you do. It's a it's a shift in yeah. mentality, yeah, and um, it can
3: feel really jarring.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I, I you know I, I feel really lucky in that I was able to sort of take some care leave, and I mm. know that for some folks they're juggling full time jobs or having to step back to part time gigs and whatnot, and that's you know a whole other thing. So I feel very fortunate that I was able to kind of do that, especially when. In the time of COVID and borders being locked down, a lot of people could not get to loved ones, mm. um, and you know it also gave me, I think, an appreciation too because there are other people in my immediate family um, that are act as full time carers for people with um, with complex medical conditions. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's I think it's one of those things we hear about it a lot, but then when you've kind of done it, yeah, it's this whole other it's very much this like this whole next level kind of commiseration and whilst your and my experiences were so different on so many mm-hmm. levels um with regard to types of treatment settings that we were navigating um i, I it was nice i guess in some <laughs> weird way yeah to chat yeah along the definitely
3: way. to know that there's someone else who well the differences were very different that sorry yeah. the experiences were very different um there was still that relation there and that lived experience in the current moment, which was really helpful. It was really, really helpful to mm. know that you're not alone when yeah. you're going through that.
2: And, and that's, that's why I'm really interested to, you know, talk to the cancer council um, as well this week around that um, cancer connect, but also that care connect. Mm. Um, and I guess, you know, this is one of the things that we were talking about in the lead up to this week's episode is that, um, you know, kind of walking away from those living experiences, how can you, I guess, maybe benefit or put something back out into the world to take away from those experiences in perpetuity. Um, So that'll be interesting to investigate.
3: Yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that.
2: So yeah, so that is, you know, I guess a little bit about our experiences, and what brought us to this week's episode. Um, but yeah, it, as we've said, you know, look, if you are listening to that and you want to access any support, we'll link to that on the show page, joy.org.au slash well, well, um, well. But yeah, looking forward to this week's episode and diving a bit further into the intersection between cancer and LGBTI communities.
1: From HIV to COVID-19, STIs and everything in between. You're listening to Well, Well, Well on Joy 94.9.
3: You're back with Jacinta and Cal, and we're now joined by Sophie Thompson from Cancer Council Victoria. Sophie is the coordinator of peer support programs, and we will be talking about Cancer Connect, but also the other peer support programs that you run, Sophie. Thanks so much for joining us.
0: My pleasure. Thanks so much for having me
3: on. Uh, First of all, what is Cancer Connect?
0: Cancer Connect is Cancer Council's telephone-based peer support program and it connects people affected by cancer with a trained volunteer who's had a similar lived experience to them. Their service is confidential and largely anonymous um, and it, it supports people who have a cancer diagnosis themselves, people caring for someone with cancer. We're also able to link up people who have a genetic predisposition to cancers and also people considering
2: taking part in a clinical trial. That's an interesting remit there. I was, yeah, thinking it was just going to be people that are living with cancer in there, but it actually that's uh, the taking participation in the clinical trial as well as uh, you know people that are prone to cancers. I never even thought of that angle, but I suppose that's what makes you guys the specul- specialists along the way there. <laughs> um, so breaking it down for us, when people contact cancer Connect. Um, They're being connected with someone who has a similar cancer experience. I guess can you tell us a little bit about why is peer support important and how do you manage this process?
0: The value in peer support really lies in providing the opportunity for somebody to chat with another person who's walked the same road as them. We often hear that although the doctors and nurses and even family and friends are such a wonderful support network and an important part of managing the cancer experience, but Often they're unable to truly talk to what it's like to go through the experience personally. So peer support is an important complement, I suppose, to the clinical care in a cancer diagnosis. Being phone-based and de-identified as well means that people often feel more comfortable sharing their vulnerabilities and disclosing feelings and emotions that they might not wish to share with those closer to them. So, most people who access the service come through to Cancer Connect by calling our 131120 Cancer Information and Support Line, which is staffed by experienced cancer nurses. If the nurse identifies that the caller would benefit from speaking with a volunteer, they'll re- through, refer them through to me, the program coordinator. Uh, letting me know a bit about the person and the areas of their experience that they wish to discuss. So this could be anything from side effects to how to manage other commitments such as their work or family or supporting a loved one, as you mentioned, if we quite often have carers or people caring for a loved one with cancer call through. And when I have that information, I use that to look at our pool of volunteers and identify who would be the best match, who has the most similar lived experience The volunteer is then provided with the caller's first name, their age, and their phone number, and a bit of information about the kind of issues they'd like to discuss. Um, People tend to have two to three calls with their volunteer, and we cap it off at around six calls as it is designed to be a short-term support.
2: So when someone calls the first time, it's not like they're calling, you're immediately putting them on with somebody. So if someone out there is listening and kind of going, oh, I'm not sure if it's right for me, they kind of have a couple opportunities to kind of feel things out before you're like here you go you Absolutely.
0: <laughs> definitely as i said yeah so most people do come through that 13 11 20 information support line and will have spoken with a nurse who will have explained the program and they can make a decision about whether it's something they'd like to proceed with otherwise people can self refer through our website and i'll always make sure to give them a call before i match them up with a volunteer just to check that they know what service it is and that it's going to be a good fit for them
3: And something that we wanted to ask you about, Sophie, is how can more LGBTIQ plus cancer survivors and carers get involved with Cancer Connect? Are you specifically looking for more queer support
0: groups for our community members? It would be wonderful to have more LGBTIQA plus volunteers involved with Cancer Connect. As I mentioned, we try to connect people with a volunteer that they have the most things in common with. And although we do have a couple of volunteers already who are part of the community, we could always use more. Um, There are some particular cancers and diagnoses whereby uh, the treatment may be impactful on their relationship more so than others, such as prostate cancer, and it's not uncommon to have people call through and wish to speak with somebody from the community with that diagnosis.
2: With... I guess, as I'm listening to this, and I know before we started talking to you, Jacinta and I were both talking about, like, maybe this is something we would want. We both have worked in as a carer and whatnot. But one of the things that first comes to mind to me is, like, what is the time commitment for someone who might be considering volunteering?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. And it can vary. We understand that it is a volunteering role and that everyone's capacity to provide support will be different based on your other commitments. We will always check first that someone is willing to take on a match, as we call it, um, if it's a good time of the year for them, they might have work commitments or for any other range of reasons for perhaps it not be a great time so it's really determined by the volunteer how often they want to um, give calls and support to other people some volunteers speak to just a couple of people per year which is absolutely wonderful and others I'm calling every week and they have to take them all on so that's certainly something that we would discuss when you started volunteering in the program what was the level of support you were able to provide at any given time.
3: Yeah, well, honestly, I think it sounds um, quite appealing to people who have those experiences and and want to help out with other people who are going through similar processes with cancer, um, because it can be, I guess, a very scary thing and a very isolating thing. Um, What kind of topics and what kind of discussions are happening during these calls, during the Cancer Connect calls?
0: Discussions tend to fall largely into two categories. People tend to call with really specific questions such as I've been presented with these two options for surgery, I have no idea, they both have really different side effects, I would just like to speak with somebody or two people. That's another option as well. If they've been presented with two options for surgery, we can say absolutely, we can connect you with two volunteers, one who's had each different surgery so that you can ask those specific questions about what it was like for them Uh, on the other hand people might not care so much about being matched with someone with the exact same cancer diagnosis but they really need some help or would like some support around how to discuss it with their children or managing a difficult situation at work with their diagnosis and so they don't mind so much if the person is necessarily the exact same age and stage but perhaps if they've been through something similar in another way.
2: We have this kind of amazing thing, uh, Sophie, in the community, and it's probably not just the community. It's probably uh, reflected in the broader kind of um, population. But I know that we hear so often people kind of disqualify themselves for different reasons. Like they'll say, oh, I I don't need to access that service because I'm not in that bad of a way. Or I know carers oftentimes, because you're constantly putting the health needs of someone else is like your top priority. You kind of sometimes take a back seat with your own. You know, but you're saying this service is fine for carers to connect with other carers on as well?
0: Absolutely, they certainly can. There is a branch of Cancer Connect that we call Carer Connect, made up of volunteers who have cared for a loved one throughout a cancer diagnosis. Uh, These volunteers range from people who have cared for a parent, sibling, partner, or children with cancer. And it's a really wonderful arm of the service. Um, I guess we find that Often, when someone is caring for someone with cancer, understandably, their greatest concern is going to be the person with the diagnosis. But it's equally as important to ensure that carers are supported during this time as well. And that's something our 13, 11, 20 nurses are really experienced in managing calls from carers as well, um, and, and are so helpful in diverting or, or referring these people to a range of resources that we have specifically for carers. And services in the community that can assist them. So our services are just as much for carers as they are for those with cancer. And
3: what kind of other support services do you provide at Cancer Council for carers or for people going through cancer themselves? Are there support groups uh, beyond Cancer Connect? Are there other things that people can get involved with?
0: yeah certainly we do have um a cancer support groups coordinator who sits alongside me at Cancer Council Victoria who can refer um, again mostly callers in who ring thirteen eleven twenty to find a group near them that might be a good fit we also have a wig service that we're able to provide people who might not be able to access a wig otherwise with a wig free of charge uh, we're also able to link people up with financial counseling and, and legal support services as well so there's quite a bit on offer um, and they can all be accessed by calling that 13 11 20 information support number
2: we've touched on this. I'm just stuttering through my words here, thinking about it, because there's just so many things on someone's mind, whether or not they're going through cancer treatment themselves or caring for somebody, you know, do you have any um, insight with calls? Did anybody, does anybody ever share with you, I guess, their hesitation or the barriers that they've overcome to make that first call and to take that first step to access support?
0: You've touched on it already, but I think quite a is carers, um, there can be a bit of uh, guilt or, or hesitancy to, to reach out for support when themselves when they know that somebody so close to them is going through cancer. And uh, I always say to people who express those feelings to me that it's important for them to be in the best headspace emotionally and, and socially to be able to provide the best level of care to their loved ones so i'd certainly encourage anyone who does have reservations for those reasons to uh, do pick up the phone or go online and see what support is available to carers because it's a really important part of managing the diagnosis
2: okay and on the flip side here if you're not accessing the support but you know you've kind of come out the other side of the experience and you're interested in becoming a volunteer what does that process look like
0: Anyone interested in becoming a Cancer Connect volunteer needs to apply and take part in a telephone interview where we'll just take the opportunity to explain a bit about the program and elaborate on what it is that led has led that person to apply. And following the interview, they'll be invited to take part in an induction training where they'll learn more about how the program works, some of the conversations they're likely to have, as you said earlier, maybe some of the more difficult conversations that might come up with the people they're speaking with and also have a go at doing some practice calls. We do ask that anyone interested in applying is at least two years past uh, the completion of their treatment Date or their caring experience before becoming a volunteer. This is to ensure that they've had a good amount of time to process that experience and to consider if they're ready to support others with something that has affected their emotional well-being and may well still be doing so. Um, having said that, we also do ins- try to ensure that our volunteers have experience with the most up-to-date treatments. So ideally they're Treatment will have been completed within the last two to five years. And uh, anyone interested in volunteering can submit an expression of interest on the Cancer Council Victoria website or call our 131120 information support line.
2: All right. Well, that's something to consider there. I mean, I'm definitely, you know, Jacinta and I both kind of going, okay, you know, I mean, um we might have to wait a little bit longer before we're sort of eligible. (laughs) But um, yeah, I think that that's the thing is is that you think about an experience like that and you're like, well, how can someone continue to benefit from that? And I think this is such an amazing kind of opportunity to do that. Um, So hopefully people that are listening out there, whether they want to connect with the service to access it um, to get a bit of support themselves, or if they want to use their lived experience to benefit others um, and volunteer, those sound like an amazing opportunity along the way. Jacinta, do you have any final questions?
3: I guess not a question, but I just wanted to say thank you to Sophie for coming and chatting to us about this because I think it's a really important service that is there available for people going through cancer, whether they are the person who has been diagnosed or the carer or, um, yeah, involved in that really full on process. Um, Yeah, to know that there's peer support available is really fantastic. So thank you so much for joining us, Sophie.
0: It's my absolute pleasure. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk about this program. It's a wonderful program and I'm so pleased to be able to help deliver it for people. There's so much on offer in terms of cancer support services and particularly if you or your loved one is recently diagnosed, it can feel so overwhelming to know where to start and what to do. The nurses on our 131120 information support line are so wonderful at what they do and they have the time to chat about what it is that might help so if even if you don't know what it is you're looking for i, I would encourage you to pick up the phone or send us an email uh, you don't have to do cancer alone
2: and we will definitely link to that on our show page as well joy.org.au slash well um, so that if you're interested in getting involved with cancer connect or care connect you can do that uh, again sophie thank you so much for joining us here on well well well
1: thank you my pleasure you're getting well 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 with the team from thorn harbor health
2: that has been another episode. I know we both went we both went for it and it's okay. I have to I do love that tag because that background song I actually marched to one year at Mardi Gras. Oh,
3: <gasps> really? I did. Yeah. Oh, that's special. So,
2: I was having a, I was a brief, you know, post Mardi Gras having that moment. Oh, yeah. I didn't get to go up this year. Um, but, uh, it was lovely to watch, uh, on telly and it I watched was. the joy stream as well, which was on Vimeo this year, which was really great to yeah. see, um, uh, actually streamed live. And then of course, festival season hasn't really finished for us in here in Victoria because no. we're going into chill out this weekend yeah. as well. Are you going up?
3: I am going to go up. I've actually, um, I've put my dog in the dog <gasps> show that happens at carnival on Sundays. So I'm very excited to see everyone else's dogs. Uh, uh and yeah just be amongst all the all the gayness that happens well, at chill the
2: out 25th anniversary <laughs> yeah celebrating queer country culture at chill out this year so we will be there and if you want to get in th- involved with thorn harbor head to thorn harbor website Thornharbor.org slash calendar uh, i know that they're doing sort of like a welcome drinks on the friday and then they're looking for people to march with them in the street parade as well um but yeah we will certainly see you up there at chill out but um that has been another episode of well 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 this week a big thank you to our guests um we had sophie from the cancer council of victoria and thank you jacinta uh, as well for sharing your personal experiences at, you know as a carer and um you know it's funny at the start of the episode you know we were sort of talking about how you know it's like oh, okay you never yeah. know <laughs> and and I, I i what resonated with me was when we were talking about care connect or cancer connect yeah. at cancer council how they you wait 2 years yeah. like 18 months to 2 years before yeah. you're sort of eligible and I sort of get it, because even as we're talking about stuff, you're revisiting stuff that is in more recent memory, and you're like, yeah, maybe I am a little threadbare. Yeah, yeah, I haven't
3: processed that yet, but um, all in good time, so... And it's yeah.
2: like, you know, there's no, like, certificate you get at the no. end of, like, success, you've processed this, go on forth with life, you know, yeah, it is... Yeah. It is. Um. Something to talk through. So, you know, if anything you've listened to during this episode has been, you know, difficult for you, if it is one around a cancer experience, you know, consider connecting with Mm CareConnect. And also, if you need support around any of the other distressing things that you kind of heard, head to the Joy website, joy.org.au slash support, which has a list of resources, including some of those great ones like Switchboard and Thorn Harbor. But, you know, the whole The whole slew of them are there, so head to that as well. And um, anything that we mentioned, we'll also link to on the show page where you can catch up on this and other episodes of Well, Well, Well. Without further ado, thank you for this lovely week, Jacinta. Thank you, Carl. It's been a pleasure. And we'll see you next week, 9 p.m. Thursday nights, or always available on the Joy website, joy.org.au.
1: Thanks for listening to Well, 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 your show for LGBTIQ health and well-being. Presented by Joy sponsor, Thorn Health. For more on these topics and much more, check out Thorn Harbour on social media at Thorn Harbour or via the website, thornharbour.org.
0: Thanks for listening to another JOY podcast, brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, JOY. Help us keep JOY on air. Head to joy.org.au. JOY, a diverse sound for a diverse community.